you know how the story originally broke? The Packers podcaster named Big B. Shout out, Big oh, B. Jamal Williams is inside the 30, out in front, a Green Bay touchdown. Jamal Williams is the GOAT, the GOAT. That's all you need to know. Let's keep it under 25 minutes, all right? We might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. Underage Packers podcast. This is episode 150. We got a very exciting Packers game on hand this week. I'm Joey, and joining me as always is my co-host Big B. And we also have a familiar face joining us again today. MK Burgess used to cover the Packers for WFRV and now enjoying her life in Seattle. Uh MK, thank you so much for joining us again. Oh no, thank you guys. I mean always an excuse to talk about the Packers and now I can be completely biased and as a oh. fan. So it's great. Yes, exactly. Um, so you've been, you was last year around like week three was the Tampa game. That was your last yep. game covering the Packers. Tampa game was my last game. And then I watched everything burst into flames. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. You left Rachel um left like eight months before you, I believe. Mm-hmm. And after that, it it Green Bay just turned into a dumpster fire. But it seems like they are on the up and up again, uh, which is great, or at least on the right track. Um, so that makes this very exciting. Um, as we mentioned at the top, Packers taking on the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend, uh, coming off a massive win over the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving. And now their playoff chances is looking great. Me and Big B uploaded a video um, yesterday just talking about the Packers' playoff chances uh, being delusional again. Um, and, you know, we we talked a lot about kind of just what this uh, a playoff run would mean, or not even a playoff run, but just a spot in the playoffs would mean for this team, uh, especially compared to last year's team where – you know, for an Aaron Rodgers-led team on the end of its journey, um, the end of the Aaron Rodgers era, um, it, like a, a playoff run, that's that's nothing. That was what it was mm-hmm. expected at the start of the season. But now with Jordan Love, it you know, a playoff berth would mean so much more um, just because, you know, it's his first year as starter was, wasn't really expected at the start of the season. And it certainly wasn't expected when they were on their four-game losing streak. Um, near the beginning of the season when they looked really bad. Um, so let, let's just go around table here. I, I know we discussed it a little bit, Big B, um, earlier this week, but just uh, what do you think a playoff berth would mean? I mean, not only for the fans, but mainly for this 2023 Packers team. Yeah, well, for me anyway, I get to push my Jordan Love is a future Hall of Fame quarterback agenda, so that would be fantastic. But just um, overall uh, for the for the team itself, like it's just a massive confidence booster, massive like I was right moment for like with Brian Gudikins for this massive like youth movement in Green Bay. The fans like they just everything about it be perfect for the Green Bay Packers organization fan base and. I think I think it's gonna happen. So I'm excited to see what happens in the playoffs. And you know, never know, might get on a little run. Yes, exactly. Uh MK, what are you thinking as far as not only the Packers playoff chances and then just what this um playoff a playoff berth would mean for this team? What a playoff berth would mean for that team is kind of what you guys have already talked about is like 
confidence. Like, yes, Jordan Love has been with the team for X amount of years, but this is his first time starting and it has been like rough sledding. As like any starting, if you're like a rookie in the league is going to be, right? Without like enough experience playing time. Like Rodgers had already had how many games under his belt when for he actually had started so he at least had had like a little bit more to ease in Jordan Love came in during COVID and then had all these protocols to go through and then had all the drama of is he or isn't he gonna leave retire or stay until his bones turns into dust from Aaron Rodgers like who knew what was gonna go on with that and so I think what you are seeing now is you're kind of seeing a little bit of the growing pains you're also seeing like being just besieged by injury from somebody that you thought was going to be one of the biggest playmakers to help you in Aaron Jones. And you're also just seeing him like not being able to connect or make those plays that, you know, Rogers would make in a heartbeat. Like some of those throws to Christian Watson, where they would win at the end of the game, Rogers would have made it, but mm-hmm. it's just the young quarterback growing pains. So I think a big playoff push one, if they make the playoffs phenomenal. Cause yeah, I didn't have them doing that at all this year. I didn't have them even looking like they could make it into the playoffs. I had a pleasantly wonderful Thanksgiving day and then watched my boyfriend be upset because his Seahawks got absolutely <laughs> smacked by the 49ers at that game. Um, but I had a wonderful Thanksgiving day because the Packers that I knew that could show up and play with a Lions team that's looked phenomenal was there. So if you have a playoff push, if you even make it to the playoffs for the Packers, that's a win for the season. You can build off of that. You can get people to be like, hey, first year without Aaron Rodgers, we looked a little rough. We turned it around. Jordan Love is developing. We got some good playmakers. We can come play for the team. You can build upon that. If you don't make the playoffs, it's kind of like what everyone expected, but it depends on how you don't make it, right? Like if you just miss out by a minute, fine. If you just completely blow up burst into flames look like everybody is hitting the x button while you're playing madden like you just it'll it's not going to be good it depends on how you finish the season they have to finish strong playoff making or not yeah exactly and kind of just what you were talking about on kind of how this team would build off of a, a playoff year and you know before the lions game i, w- I was thinking to myself okay, the season doesn't really like look like it's going anywhere. What is, you know, and I had to reframe my mind of what I was looking for out of this team, but also what I thought the team would be looking for to consider the 2023 season a successful one. And that, that list was basically just one, Jordan Love leaves no question marks at all. You know, if he can continue to play bad, then, you know, that's, you know, obviously bad because he's playing bad. But at, at the very least, you have your answer that he is not the guy. Um, you don't want him to play inconsistent the whole year like he was early on in the season where he's able to make some big-time throws but is not consistent enough, doesn't do little things right. But if he's leaving no question marks out on the table, then that is a success for the 2023 year. That's the main thing. Um after that, it, it's really just growth and de- development from all the other young guys. Know that this plan is working out in any sort of fashion. Um, and then finally, would it was just like 
Joe Barry's defense coming to play at all and seeing that your eight or nine draft first round draft pick starters were turning into something. Um, so that's kind of the three things that I thought were like should be at the top of the goal list for the Packers before the season ended. And already with just that Lions game and then the Chargers game too, and even the Steelers loss, um, I thought all three of those things were really maybe not checked off yet, but at the very least, a lot of that progress bar was filled, um, especially with Jordan Love and then the young playmakers too finally coming together. Um, so to have a, a playoff berth on top of that, I think it would just be like you mentioned, MK, just so much to build off on um, and have confidence going into the future. You know, when you look at the Packers and the beginning of the Aaron Rodgers era, you have the 2008 season where they end six and 10, the Packers are only one win away from having that same total in 2023. Um, and they, they lost some close games, but then in 2009, they make the playoffs. They have a pretty heartbreaking loss in Arizona, but that, that playoff berth was special to that team. They obviously the next year go on to win the Super Bowl with that. So I really think what looked out looked to be a very disappointing, confusing season at the start of the year has kind of turned around into what could be a, a building off encouraging year uh, for the Packers. Yeah, I totally agree. If you make the playoffs, if you give anyone any kind of hope and you like at least just show the fan base, not even the fan base, I mean, mostly the fan base, but if you show that team, that locker room that you guys can win and you guys have the drive to win, the season, the whole season's a win. You're not taking yeah. a loss on it. And Matt LaFleur is not worried about his job. Yes, exactly. I mean, one of the things we talked about in our video earlier this week was just, man, five weeks ago, there was not only questions, but valid questioning of Matt LaFleur and Brian Gudikins on if their vision was mm -hmm. going to work out at all. And that has quickly uh, turned into a lot of confidence. Yep. Um, so for this game specifically against the Chiefs, it's funny we talk about all of that positive talk and then we have this game against the Chiefs that uh, while the fan base is very much uh, optimistic about this team's playoff chances, um, there is obviously not a lot of optimism going into this game against the Chiefs. Um, however, I would say, I guess that isn't exactly right because there is a lot of people that think even if the Packers don't win this one that they are going to play pretty hard. Um, I mean, the spread for this game is uh, six and a half. Packers are underdogs, obviously. But a six and a half spread, honestly, to me, even feels like a a little bit of overlooking the Packers. Um, if they play like they did against the Lions on Thanksgiving, then I, this should be a close game. Um, let's see, with this game specifically, um, you know, Jordan Love is obviously going to have to be the main reason the Packers win this one. Um, and the main thing that I'm looking at in this one is the pass rush that Steve Spagnuolo's electric Chiefs defense is going to bring. I guess electric isn't usually the word you'd use to describe it off or a defense. Um, but, you know, that that unit has been playing amazing on a team that has been known to be led by amazing Patrick Mahomes offenses. Um, the defense is playing really well for Kansas City. And we saw in Jordan's first start against the Chiefs in 2021. Um, I mean, that that's just such a, a crappy situation because, I mean, MK, you were covering the team at the time. Was it like yep. a Tuesday 
that it was found out yeah. by Roger. He had no time. He had no time to prepare. But then that was also the year where Patrick Mahomes couldn't like connect with anybody. He was just throwing like interceptions. So everyone thought he was broken. Yeah. And so they were in that game. It was probably the worst football game I think I've ever watched. It was <laughs> um and they were in that game until the end because the defense, both defenses were playing their hearts out. The offense couldn't get anything done, but the defense was tired. And at the end, Mahomes does what Mahomes does and scrambled around for like 20 minutes and finally found somebody in the end zone. So I don't remember exactly who. Um, so, I mean, I think that this game, everyone's had a lot more time to prepare. Jordan Love feels a whole lot more confident. My biggest thing, they need to not commit any penalties. They're like one of the most penalized team in the NFL this year. And I feel like anytime they made a big play on third down, you look over and Matt LaFleur looks like he's about to have an aneurysm because somebody's in the neutral zone or somebody false started because he's got a whole team full of rookies and he has no David Bakhtiari out there to like scare the bejesus out of people and actually standing where they're supposed to stand. And so no one knows what they like. They lost a lot of senior leadership that like had that standard of like not getting overly excited and I get it young players but like my dude if I have to see any more yellow laundry on the field during a football game where the green and gold are on there I'm gonna have an aneurysm (laughs) because I can't deal with it I think like beginning of November they had something close to like 434 yards of penalties that's wild yeah that's wild that's what they need to not do. You have to have a clean game. If they have a clean game and they can make sure that like that Jordan Love doesn't like eat grass all day, I think they'll be fine. But that's yeah. my thing. Don't let him get sacked. And for the love of God, don't come, don't go backwards when you're on offense. Oh, and don't make stupid mistakes on defense. I mean, that goes without saying, but penalties. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. Uh, the penalties have definitely been cleaned up in the past few weeks, but even in that Lions game, right. like you mentioned, there was a few like key 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 downs where they had put the game away and they're committing penalties because somebody's yeah. in the neutral zone. Yeah, and those are inexcusable in my mind. Um, and you know, it with that Lions game, even though it was a dominant like four quarter performance, like they left a lot on the table, left a lot of points out there. And the fact that they only won by seven feels wrong. Um, right. I mean, the Lions, yep. the the game was over by the third quarter. Um, but uh, yeah, that you definitely. But you let them do turnovers. That. Yeah, exactly, and especially against a team, they got lucky that the Lions weren't able to get much going uh, in that game. But they they let them handle it a little bit too long. Um, Big B, I mean, what do you? was the main thing before we dive into the specifics and injuries and everything, what is the main thing you're looking in this uh, Packers Chiefs matchup? Um, man, um, just, just coming out hot again. Like they came out hot last week on offense with mm-hmm. the, uh, well, I think it was like 50 something yard completion of Watson, the uh, Jaden Reed touchdown. That was like all messed up somehow, but still looked incredible <laughs> afterwards just getting getting out of like in front of the Chiefs like that I think will be great. Matt Lafleur does not play well while he's down. Like he tries to get it all back in like one oh. throw, like one play, 
like just just get out in front i think we'll be pretty pretty solid but and i think that's really the main key is just have the patrick mahomes have andy reed play from behind the entire game yes specifically with how this chief teams operate especially um i mean they they really have to be the first team to bite um because they have not been great in the second half um at all i think it was just this past week against the Raiders where they finally like scored a, a touchdown in the second half in something like four or five weeks, uh, some crazy streak like that. So, uh, you know, like getting out to that fast start would be big. It obviously played a big factor in the Lions game on both sides of the ball. Um, and then also big thing you mentioned there of Matt LaFleur's teams not being able to fight back. You look at the losses Maybe not so much in these past two years, but 2019 through 2021, there was a lot of games where, I mean, A, the Packers just came out looking completely flat. Um, you know, see the Chargers game in L.A. at that soccer stadium and like, oh, I, I think that was 2020. Um, you look at that game, you look at the Eagles game in 2019 on Thursday night football um, and, and some of the losses as of late, too, where they either come out looking completely flat or they go down early and don't know how to fight back at all. And I'm sure, you know, in some of those losses, Aaron Rodgers hero ball instincts probably did not help at all, but it definitely does seem to be a, a characteristic of Matt LaFleur's playing calling as well. Um, so that, that definitely does seem like the key there. Um, okay. Let's, let's talk a little bit more about this Packers defense. We've talked a lot about Jordan Love and what they've been doing on that side of the ball, which has been very exciting to watch. Um, and all of those wide receivers finally going together. But I think if the Packers do end up going on a playoff run, it's going to be a Jordan Love, but also the defense not messing it up, uh, which they have been mm -hmm. prone to do. Um, and they finally taken some steps forward, um, even without Jaguar Alexander out there. Um, and quite honestly, when Jair Alexander was playing through his back injury, it was it was not pretty. Um, I mean, it, it's kind of depending on how this last few weeks go. One of the big stories on this Packers team is just going to be how specifically the secondary has been solid Lights after trading out. Week. Yeah, I mean, like literally just lights out look at all of those dudes stepping up and what i love about that secondary is that they are all like names that like nobody knows yes like they're not flashy dudes. everyone knows who jay alexander is but like valentine valentine i cried when rasul got traded it was very depressing <laughs> yes i'm gonna silence that man i love him but I just love how like they are all out there like doing it and they are all coming together. And I feel like it is this underdog, like gritty. Everyone thinks we stink because everyone thinks Joe Barry stinks and you know, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't have a great reputation as a coordinator. And I just think that they went out there and they're like, no, and they're just <laughs> getting it done. I also think it's super inspiring that like Sean Gary comes back from, the ACL tear and doesn't even look like he tore it. Yeah. Like, I want to know what kind of record he, like, what did he do to his knee? What does that man eat for breakfast? Like, Wheaties <laughs> on crack? Like, good Lord, <laughs> that man eating all of the good foods because he has looked 
insane. Then I also love to see Preston Smith coming back. Yes. I just, the secondary, I feel like is motivating everybody into one cohesive group. And I feel like you really saw that in the Lions game. Um, I didn't get to watch as much of the Chargers game that I would like to. I did get to see a lot more of the Lions game. But the Lions game, I feel like, is where you really saw everyone being cohesive and kind of staying in. And, like, it also helped that the offense went out there and, like, scored in the first yeah. quarter. And the defense wasn't like, oh, my God, we just got to hold them because they're not going to be able to score. Like, it, everybody giving each other more energy to feed off of each other helps. But yes. the defense came together last time. Yes. Uh, you bring up a really good point there, MK, about all of – the the units on the defense playing cohesively because mm -hmm. earlier in the season it seemed even on an individual level each player not e not even each position group each player was kind of just doing their own little thing yep. um playing on an island and then fast forward to now middle of the season and you know these position groups are really like playing together and it seems like much more of a unit on the defense side of the ball um what you mentioned about the secondary there i mean like yeah it the secondary depth chart looks like madden generated player names out there right now um correct Corrington valentine and, and Corey valentine um i mean and also another aspect of this that has kind of been forgotten i mean we didn't even mention it eric stokes is still dealing with his injury um, and, and then even at the safety group, you have Darnell Savage go down, um, who, even though had a rough season last year, did not, hasn't exactly lived up to his first round draft pick status, had a, had a solid start to the season. Um, you know, they're playing with Simone Biles and Rudy Ford out there, um, or is actually Anthony Johnson. Um, Simone Biles, did you just call oh, Jonathan I Owens, did. Simone Biles? I refer to him exclusively as Simone Biles. <laughs> you should you should see our group chat messages on sundays i i will genuinely say like that was that was an amazing play by simone biles it does yeah or, that does happen it does happen. my whole day shout out to simone biles for <laughs> having autonomy over her husband i'm here for it <laughs> yes exactly um so that's secondary. I mean, Big B, any thoughts to add here on um, this past pass rush group? I know uh, specifically there's two rookie defensive ends that you really like. Oh, yeah. Colby Wooden, you know, I love him. He's he's the new GOAT, you know, um, just because he's funny. That's pretty much the only reason why he's the GOAT <laughs> now. But anyway, he's been playing very well, I think. But a guy who's been playing really, really well is Carl Brooks. That man yes. is a man on a mission. I, that dude has been tearing stuff up. He was a big factor in the Lions game last week. And he's just I, – I think Kenny Clark is playing better when Carl Brooks is on the field. And it seems like the pass rush is actually getting home when Carl Brooks is on the field. So I think, like, you might need to start saying that Carl Brooks needs some help instead of Kenny Clark because that man will be well, – well, uh, Kenny Clark well. here. Let's, let's, not, let's not put the cart before the horse. We, I, yes. we like Carl Brooks. But let's not disrespect him. That's what I do. Right. Carl Brooks is the help that we've been waiting for. Yes. Correct. But I don't need Kenny Clark like trying to track anyone down off this podcast <laughs> and being yeah. like, yes. no. Kenny Clark I is agree. a bad man. I have to be concerned or scared about who I do not want rushing against me. Like, Kenny, 
No. Yeah. He's near the top of that list, and Anders Carlson is probably near the bottom. I am not intimidated by Anders Carlson. I'm not going to make any threats on a podcast, but. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't try to say that you could outrun because you don't want to end up oh. like a meme and like. Yeah. By no. like, come on, looking like Pat Nackby. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. But yeah, Carl Brooks has been playing really good. And uh, it, it seems how the backers have, I don't think he's necessarily might never be a pro bowler, but at the very least, like he is a very versatile player that just seems to allow them to do quite a bit more has quite the effect on both the run and pass game. Um, and is just very athletic for his size. Um, we talked with Cassidy Hill um, before training camp this year of the how Green Bay was kind of shifting what they were looking for in defensive linemen in this past draft. They traditionally just looked for like a lot of pounds, <laughs> like for a, a lack of a better term, like, um, uh, you know, TJ Slayton, Devontae Wyatt, um, two guys right there. But now because NFL is changing, because NFL offenses specifically are changing a lot more RPO, based offenses they have to kind of shift to the Carl Brooks Colby Wooden type guys to very athletic defensive linemen and I mean Carl Brooks just has hustle man there was one play um in that Lions game where he like he started out on the line and then like by the end of the play was on the other sideline like 10 yards down the field uh making the tackle so I, I'm very impressed with Carl Brooks and the defensive line as a whole. Um, Ross Uglum tweeted this out of the Packers interior defensive line um, where they ranked in pass rush win rate uh, in November. Kenny Clark was second of the league, Carl Brooks 18th and Devontae Wyatt 28th. So they are, they are putting it together. Um, any other thoughts guys on Packers defense and Packers as a whole, before we move on to injury reports and what the chiefs have cooking? No, I think we've pretty much covered it. I just think that everybody is playing as a cohesive unit, like mm-hmm. not to sound like a coach in all three phases. Um, yep. I haven't had to tweet an angry special teams tweet mm-hmm. in a while. So I feel really blessed, um, mm-hmm. about that. Uh, um, but I just, I don't know. This is not where I thought we would be at this point in the season. So I'm pleasantly surprised. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Injury reports for Green Bay. Uh, definitely some things that will undoubtedly have an effect on the game. Uh, first off, so Jaden Reed, he has been dealing with chest injury that he says he suffered in the Chargers game. Said he played through it in this past week against Detroit and uh, was okay. And he plans to do the same thing this week. Um, he is a tiny man, so I'm not surprised that he, like, eventually got a chest injury of being hit by very big men. Um, and then you have Jair Alexander and A.J. Dillon both practicing on Thursday. Um, we'll see if Jair plays, uh, but A.J. would be a big one, especially because you also have Aaron Jones dealing with that MCL sprain. Both Dillon, you know, Dillon played in this past week's uh, in the Detroit game, um, but at, at least need one of those guys to go. The Packers did release um, James Robinson um, earlier in this week. So that would indicate that they are at least a little bit confident in um, one of Jones and Dylan playing. And then, of course, they still do have uh, Patrick Taylor um, if needed. Oh, big, big um, Patrick Taylor. 
see Big B. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. You know it. He he loves Patrick Taylor's Twitch streams, and I've we've had some <laughs> tense moments on the show in weeks previous because I don't think I think Patrick Taylor is a much better like Call of Duty player than he is as an NFL running back. But all that's, right, all right, all right. That's, I'm fired. Damn. Oh yeah, it's 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 been intense before. We we usually try to take it off camera though. <laughs> um okay, on to the Kansas City Chiefs 8 and 3 this year. Um you know, the big story for them like we mentioned earlier is that their defense is playing really good. However, on offense, Patrick Mahomes has is kind of stranded out there um besides Travis Kelsey as tight end, who, you know, has obviously been dealing with his foot injury. Um, he does. He has Marcos Valdez-Scanling, of course. Um, and then he also, one guy that I think is important to watch, even though we are um, giving flack to the Chiefs wide receiver room right now, is Rasheed Rice. Um, he had a breakout game. He's a fifth-round draft pick out of SMU. Had a breakout game last week against the Raiders. First game with over 100 yards. Um, he's a smaller guy. He's like six one, but he is he's smaller frame. Um, but he is just a weapon after the catch. Not in the same way that Jaden Reed, Randall Cobb, or Luther Burden are. Uh, but in a I don't I don't even have a comparison. Uh, but he is just very physical, hard to bring down after the catch. So he is certainly someone to watch. Um, but other than that, the Chiefs' offense is is kind of at an interesting point right now. Um, because Patrick Mahomes can still do Patrick Mahomes stuff, um, but he can only do so much. As we saw uh, in the Eagles game last week, you know he can deliver all those throws, but when Marquez Valdez Scantling is bringing out the alligator arms again, um, Mahomes can't do too much about that. Um, so Big B M K. Uh, thoughts on the Chiefs? Have you watched much of them this year? I have because I get a lot of them in Seattle. Um, okay. I I think the Chiefs are dangerous as always, um, just because you have Mahomes and you have Kelsey and you just have like their ability and like Andy Reid is just such like a genius that the dynamic and ability to do whatever they want with whoever they want is wild. Um, I do think that there are some liabilities, especially when Mahomes gets flustered. So I think if you get a lot of pass rush going, I think it'll be great. Um, but I still think, I, I, I mean, I personally see the Chiefs coming out like on top in a very close one at Lambeau. Um, but I, I, I think that the Chiefs have, they don't have as many like, it's interesting that, let me phrase it like this. MVS was brought in to replace Tyreek's speed, but <laughs> MVS has the ability to catch like Tyreek does, but some, for whatever reason, like still cannot get it together yeah. on like the big moment catches, which makes my heart hurt for him because all I want is for that man to like have good things. Cause he did yes. good things for green Bay. Um, and so it's just depending on whether or not everything is going to compute together because it's not just MVS that's dropped a lot of balls. A lot of the Chiefs receivers couldn't catch anything in their last couple games. So yeah. it's going to be kind of like with the Packers. Like, is are the receivers going to be able to match up to the greatness of Mahomes? Because I feel like there's a little bit of a drop-off in his receivers right now. Whereas, like, not saying Jordan Love's got, like, Hall of Fame receivers. I don't know about that. 
but <laughs> I think that there's a little bit of a disconnect on both sides of the offense. There's less of a talent disconnect with the Packers. I think everyone is kind of trending like in the same talent level. So they're slowly getting the build together. And Mahomes has always been like up in the stratosphere and maybe yeah. a few of his receivers may not be on that same level. So that's where the disconnect is getting. It's still good enough for them to like probably go to the Super Bowl because it's Patrick Mahomes. But yeah. I think there's going to be a lot more games that we've seen that have been closer because of that. And I think that's where if you can continue to exploit that and hurry people and not make people stay perfectly on their routes, then like you need to play a gritty, like rough and tumble game with this team. You need to basically like yes. keep them off their balance the whole game. And I know that's the point every game, but especially with this, because of what you've seen in past games with the disconnect between Mahomes and his receivers and like, just not for whatever reason, being able to like hold on to the ball. That's what you need to focus on. Yes. I would love to see Joe Barry get a little bit creative with his pressures this week. Um, Cause as you mentioned, MK, just getting Mahomes. I don't even know how to phrase this because I would say just get him out of the pocket, but he is almost more dangerous out of the pocket when he has to. Yeah, I wouldn't want to get him out of the pocket. I would want him to feel like he has to throw super quickly. Yes, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Um, You know, you got to get him flustered, um, especially because Mahomes, he's always had a lot of, I mean, just with how, I, I don't even know, like dangerous isn't the right word, risky isn't the right word, but just how wild, erratic, I guess you could say his playing style is. He's always had quite a few, like, unpredictable turnover. Yeah, there you go. Unpredictable, turnover-worthy plays. He's like, um, you know, this um, statistic is inherently objective or subjective, um, but, like, this year he leads the league in um, turnover-worthy throws. Um, he has 10 receptions on the year. Um, so, like you said, getting him to feel like he has to get rid of the ball super quickly would be a big part of this. Um, and, you know, hopefully that secondary, like we mentioned earlier, is able to hold up. And then um, offensively for Green Bay, looking at this Chiefs defense, I think it's going to be – a kind of the same thing of just keeping them on their toes uh when you look at the the way the broncos beat the chiefs a few weeks ago at mile high um 24 to 9 game they won i mean like we were just talking about they had two interceptions on Mahomes, which were big and then also denver they rushed it 40 times and only had 19 pass attempts 11 completions and when it, it wasn't necessarily like they were they had like 300 yards on the ground uh, they only went for 150 yards on 40 carries, which isn't exactly the greatest average. But just being able to drown the clock out, I mean, holding the Chiefs to nine points is impressive enough. Um, and then just run it down their throats over and over again was a big fa uh, factor for uh, Denver winning that game. Um, yeah, this needs to be the A.J. Dillon game. Yes, hopefully he does play. And yeah, especially, I mean, this is going to be the first cold game of the season pretty much going to be below 35 most likely for the entirety of the game. And Big B will be in the stands uh, probably freezing, um, but probably. not admitting it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, <laughs> MK has a, a concern to look on her face or at least disgust <laughs> of your do idea. Not, of I do not miss. 
I do not miss having to like figure out a warm weather outfit that still like looked reporter like ready. And then knowing <laughs> I was not going to be able to feel my nose, my fingers or my toes by like the end of the game. I just, that I don't miss. I miss Lambo. Yeah. Lambo is like, holds a special place in my heart. Um, but I do not miss the weather of Green Bay in any way. Oh. Actually, it's the weather of Wisconsin. I do not miss it in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm sure hopefully it will come to the um, benefit of A.J. Dillon and the Packers on Sunday night, though. Um, Big B, uh, what do you I, – I guess just simple question, what do you think is the key to this game and just kind of general thoughts on the Chiefs this season? Yeah, the Chiefs have been um, probably not as – as good as they've been in the previous years at um of course eight and three they probably would be probably undefeated still if you know at the same teams as previously especially with that defense that has been incredible this year and Mahomes doesn't have like we mentioned doesn't have a, as good a playmakers around him. of course Travis Kelsey is a absolute maniac um Isaiah Pacheco runs like he's trying to hurt the earth which is I love watching that man run he's just I, you can't even like really describe how that man runs. He just runs with so much anger in his feet, and it's truly incredible to watch. And, of course, Andy Reid is a mastermind. He, he's just so good at what he does, one of the best in the NFL. So they always have a chance, I'm, but I'm still very confident. I still think the Packers are going to win this week. And, um, you know, just getting some turnovers will probably be the key to this one. So yep. hopefully the Packers are on the right side of that one. Yeah, definitely. I love what you mentioned about Pacheco running like he wants to hurt the earth. Um, there is a great meme. I don't know if you guys have seen the the meme of like the the picture of there's like two doors in a row and they are both like somehow bended in the most mysterious way that looks like the Incredible Hulk like smashed through them. Like that's the only explanation. Um, and like somebody like the, the, the original tweet was like, what happened here? And then somebody quote tweeted and it was like, Isaiah Pacheco had a five-yard run. Um, so he might Alex. be small, but he is he's definitely an angry Funny. runner. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um, okay. I think that's pretty much all we have on the Chiefs. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just going to come down to, I think. Are we here to talk know, about, really, what you guys want to talk about now? Are we finally oh, getting? To I, we were, we were getting for? there. Yep. Absolutely. Are you are you ready for this? Um, I, am, I am ready. I don't know okay. if I will be able to contribute as much as, as you guys <laughs> from what I see on Twitter and on Instagram. <laughs> I don't know if I'm as, as top level as y'all, but I will. Okay. I will try my best. Well, we, we appreciate any contributions. Um, so what we were talking about, obviously, is uh, the fact that uh, global pop superstar, 13-time Gamery winner, Taylor Swift, will possibly pee at Lambeau Field this weekend, uh, which is just a very exciting thing. And it's funny that you mention uh, both Big B and I's uh, expression of fandom for Taylor Swift Obsession. on social media. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What's funny is, I mean, if you just judge it off of social media, at least in the past year, you would think that Big B is a much bigger fan than I. Um, and like, 
he very much is a dedicated fan. I won't take that away from him. But like that is I I take most of the credit for that. Um, me and my friend Nate had to fight tooth and nail to get this man to listen to any Taylor Swift song in this past summer. Oh, it was a this fight. Is a re- yeah. This is a recent yeah. fandom. Very recent yeah. development, but wow. Big B is like the definition of, of not being able to like anything without like beccoming like obsessive about it. So oh. that's that's, that's why you went into like a darkness retreat and came out and loved Taylor Swift. That <laughs> is that what happened? <laughs> like you went and sat in the dark for four days and just listened to her music and came out and was like, I have understood and heard the word. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's well, we that's had. Fran Rogers works for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had we had sessions on phone calls. Me and my friend Nate, we we'd like craft up like ten songs, uh, uh, ten Taylor Swift songs to present to Big B. It was pretty much like Shark Tank, and we really just hoped he liked at least one. Um, I mean, what was the first Taylor Swift song we liked? Uh for him it was I don't know. Do you remember? It might have been Bejeweled. It was Don't Blame. Some from Reputation. Oh, of course, yes. It was was one of those. Big B is a snob for, like, rock music. So, of course, like, Don't Blame Me got him. But one of our favorite traditions when we have a somebody in the Packers world who is also a Taylor Swift fan on is to talk about Taylor Swift in the realm of the Green Bay Packers because – that's just kind of how I think about not only the Packers, but in life. Um, and it's like, it's extended past Taylor Swift songs, but mainly Taylor Swift songs where every event that ever I ever experience, I can think of a song to match to it. Even if it is a far stretch, I will find a song. Um, so that's why today we have prepared, all three of us have prepared two songs Two Taylor Swift songs to match to the Green Bay Packers season. I think let's just go. We'll we'll go around the table here. Go one song at a time. Um, first for me um, is Daylight. Uh, is my first choice to recap Packers twenty twenty three season, and it's more so of the transition from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, and also this transition from Jordan Love turning into an inconsistent quarterback to now looking like the guy. Um, The main lyrics I wanted to bring up with this is, uh, I don't want to look at anything else now that I saw you. Um, I don't want to think of anything else now that I thought of you. I've been sleeping so long in a 20-year dark now, and now now I see daylight. Um, Basically, just that, I think one of like being past the drama of Aaron Rodgers. Um, I mean, you look at all the antics he's pulling with the Jets already, um, being past that and finding their their new their new man, their new leader uh for Green Bay. Now, of course, the person that Taylor Swift wrote this song about, they like they had a rough breakup. Um, but we don't have to talk about that. This can be the perfect ending that Taylor and uh, a, a z-list actor that shall not be named uh did not have um so daylight is my first pick um i'll i'll throw it to big b what do you got for us 
Well, I'm going to be um, very unoriginal here for my first one and say love story okay. because that's, you know, I'm, ve I'm very unoriginal in general. Did so, my, huh? Uh, did uh, Big B just steal one of yours, MK? No, I just oh, okay. figured you did that because his last name is Love. So that's why you did Oh, that. oh, yes. Bingo, because yep. his last name's Love. <laughs> and also, and also like a Romeo Dobbs mention also in there, like, is like Hi. perfect. Hi. So I like hope after like Romeo scores a touchdown this week, boom, they they play that song. That'd oh. be just. Oh, <clears throat> that would be no. storybook. Romeo, save okay. me. I mean, um, that would so be I great. My songs kind of like how like first part of the season to where we are now. So the okay. song that I would use to describe like the first part of the season is, is it over now? Would be Ooh. how I would describe okay. the first part of the season because every kind of pass, like maybe looked like something that Roger was throw, but then wasn't because it's not the same thing. And everyone was just kind of sitting there being like, okay, is it over now? Can we just, can we just get to the draft and maybe move on and just start anew? Like, let's, let's move on. Okay. I do like that choice. And I, my second one that I ended up going with, uh, State of Grace and uh, the lyrics, um, love is this game unless you play it good and right. These are the hands of fate. You are my Achilles heel. This is the golden age of something good and right and real. I never saw you coming. Uh, Jordan Love has arrived. It is a state of grace of feeling like on the uh, at the very beginning of what feels like an exciting journey. Uh, that's why I chose state of grace. Uh, Big B, what do you have for your second one here? All right. I, I, I don't think I've listened to the song since I listened okay. to the uh, okay. Red album, but I like Googled it because I didn't know what else to do for my second one. So I, I'm picking um Everything Has Changed uh, with Ed Sheeran okay. because, you know, um, uh, I, well, first off, I don't really like Ed Sheeran in general. So I'm just going to say that up, put that up I'm there. Offended. But <laughs> I'm offended. Wasn't he like number two or three people. on your Spotify wrapped? Yeah, he's five, and I went to his concert. We do not disrespect <laughs> one ginger. I agree. Two. <laughs> uh, go on, Big B. Besides uh, your gonna... your unnecessary strays directed towards Ed Sheeran. Um, well, everything has changed from the old locker room from last year, all the old players to putting in the all the young players just everything has changed in general with the locker room and you know it's looking like it's for the better i, I don't know what else to yeah. say just for the better you know what i'm saying yeah um my second one is bejeweled for the second half of the season just because i feel like no matter what ends up happening you have seen that like Jordan Love can can play in the NFL. I think there's still room to go, but it still leans like where Packers are right now. It kind of feels like everything is glittering because they are moving in that right direction. Now, it very much could turn into anti-hero where it's, hello, <laughs> me, I'm the problem, it's me. But right now we are going to sit in this bejeweled shimmer. Everything is great and glorious, but we will we will be hesitantly not surprised if it turns into anti-hero okay so i, I, I like that i i do like those choices um now one oh, uh, 
I think we have some great choices all around there. But now, if Taylor does end up making her way to Green Bay, which is just a hilarious idea, to be honest, um, she is currently, or at least earlier today, she was in London for Beyonce's Renaissance film premiere. Um, but she was allegedly spending this past week in Kansas City with Travis. She has no shows until February. Um, so she could very well be there in Green Bay this weekend if she really wanted to see Jordan Love uh, play football. She's not going to go to Green Bay. Well. Uh, Why would she go? <laughs> Why? Because. It's not she, a big city Travis like Kelsey's the other been. places. No. Well, but. I I I I would like to my only thing Believe I have to throw into this argument help? yes is my my delusion that's the only thing my I dudes think... she has been to New York City and yes. Arrowhead other than that Denver I don't think too. she's been to any right those are the two stadiums she's gone to see him play she wasn't in Philly she was in Denver I believe Was she? I thought she was. Um, I don't know. I don't stop. I don't stop woman. I just kind of paid. I just am mostly interested <laughs> to see how many times the announcer is going to make a comment about it and what silly graphic is going to be up there. This is for that's my entertainment portion of it. Okay. I will be astonished I... if she shows up at Green Bay. The only reason I could see her showing up at Green Bay is because she wanted to go hang out with Simone Biles. I mean, not as a Missouri resident, like not to just on Missouri here, but like if she's willing to like she like the popular meme on Twitter right now, she went to she's willing to go to Missouri for a man. Like so she's not gonna go to Green Bay. But Kansas City is an actual city. Green Bay sure is a town. You're telling me wow. you're telling me the draws of Coral's West and Stadium View don't compare to like the fancy Italian restaurant she's going to in Kansas City or New York. <laughs> Look, I love I'm not I'm not hating on Green Bay. It was my home for two and a half years and I loved it there. I loved the people there. I loved the atmosphere, but I like the little small town, like very like well-knit community vibe that it gets there. But it's like Aaron Rodgers said, Green Bay is not a vacation destination. It's not in any way shape or form it is great for the people that live there and it is great for people that are diehard packer fans i will be heavily surprised if taylor swift and all of the craziness that she brings well, shows up okay here's what i'm going to pick part about your wrong. answer there. you guys can tweet me well, if you prove me wrong but i don't think she's going to be there i i I would I would point out in your answer there of quoting Aaron Rodgers' comment about Green Bay not being a vacation destination. I believe he goes on to say his whole point of that comment is that nobody is coming to Green Bay for that. They are coming to play with him. And that was a false statement uh on his part. So <laughs> I that what I'm saying is you are you are you are using a bad well, your point stands. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but you. <laughs> because you want me to be wrong, Joey. You want Taylor Swift yes, to be there. That is, I will be heavily surprised if if uh, if she's there. I don't think she's going to be because, well, yeah, great. She went to Missouri for a man. Kansas City's got a huge district and all that jazz. Kansas City's got sure. stuff to do. 
Kansas City's got places for her to hide. There's nowhere where she can hide in Green Bay. The minute oh, that woman touches no. down, everybody and their mother is going to know. Well, Tyler Herrick would definitely be the first on the case. And that's, well, I mean, but yeah, like that's the biggest thing. I don't think she'll have any privacy and she doesn't want everybody <sighs> up in her I mean, it's easy she for can... her to into Arrowhead. It's easy for her to stay somewhere. She can stay with sure. Travis. Not doing. She can easily stay at her house in New York. You know, Denver's big enough that she could be at a million different hotels. There are like three hotels she could be at in Green Bay. <laughs> That's a really good point. That that is a solid point. Although it's I will not say even that like it's a small town. There's just nowhere. There's nowhere for her to like easily like have a nice time without everyone be up in her spot that is valid although like i feel the one thing is that like there's a lot less like there's obviously like she has fans everywhere but also like in green bay like the people are used to being around maybe not like taylor swift level of celebrities but like aaron Rodgers, at the very least like could go to a woodman's without making uh, a big ordeal I feel so. I feel like the people are green in Green Bay are trained for that, and also like if she really needs a place to hide out, I, mean, that. I don't know. The people are trained for Taylor oh, Swift. There's no, no everybody doubt. else, and then Taylor Swift. Yeah, I mean, if she needs a place to hide, I'm sure my aunt Peg and I think Oshkosh has extra bed for her. Um, I'll I'll have to make sure to hit up Tree Pain with that information. <laughs> Uh, but I, I'm feeling good about this. I, I would bet $20 that she's going to be there. We can agree to disagree on that. Okay. <laughs> I will be intrigued to see if, if she makes it there. And you know what, Joey, if she mm -hmm. is there, I'll then 20 bucks. Wow. Okay. I don't know what's going outside on outside of this study room. I mean, but it sounds like there's monkeys outside. They're probably going crazy over our taylor swift ticks um but <laughs> we will we will wrap it up i mean big b any closing thoughts on what you think if taylor will be there or on this game in general i mean it's hard to top whatever i just witnessed here but all i'll, all I'll uh -huh. say is that all i'll say is that it is week 13 so you never know oh my god oh my god and it is Evermore season. Like, why she could very well experience the great vibes of Evermore, Wisconsin, I th feel. <laughs> but I feel like we're about to drive MK note. insane. <laughs> <laughs> MK, uh, thank you for joining us, even though we have this, this, uh, this life view disagreement here. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate you joining us. I had a blast, guys. As always, I had a blast. And I hope that you guys get to achieve all of your Taylor Swift dreams this weekend.